Hello, New York Giants fans. Welcome back to Everything New York Giants with New York Giants fangirl. That's me, Adriana, your host. I'm very excited to be joined by a special guest tonight. I have Jerry Foley, who is part of the Giant Insider podcast and newspaper. I'm sure you guys all know and love him and Biz as much as I do. So welcome, Jerry. Thanks for coming on. Thanks, Adriana. I've been saying Adriana for so long, you should have corrected me. It's Adriana. Uh, I'm sorry. I'm honestly not even bothered by it anymore because my whole life, not anyone has ever pronounced it or spelled it right. So I'm just right. used to it at this point. Well, I mean, I'm Jerome and I quickly correct people and say Jerry. So I get it. So I, you will now be Adrian. Oh. So when you ask a question on our podcast, I'll say it correctly. So there you go. Okay. I never knew that was your full name. Yeah. No, it's my, my parents' sick joke. Jerome. Yep. Yep. <laughs> yep. So. I feel your pain. I have three brothers. Their names are Zach, Jake, and Luke. I'm like, oh, okay. seriously? They nice. all have easy names. I'm the one with the long name that no one can spell or pronounce. Yeah, nice. Jake's a cool name. Jake would have, if I could produce males, Jake would have been uh, one of our son's names, but. On okay. that list. Yeah. It happens. Um, so a lot going on in Giants world over the last like 24 hours. So I know you guys covered it on your podcast. So I figure we'll just kind of recap it a little bit yeah. here. The Isaiah Simmons trade, the Boogie Basham trade, and then of course, getting the roster down to 53. So just give me your overall thoughts on how you're feeling about the trades, seeing Simmons on the field. I know a lot of us were surprised to even see him out there and um, just what you're feeling about the roster so far. Uh, I'm ecstatic. Um, I think, and my sound is not good, so that's my fault. Um, hey. um, I'm ecstatic. I, I love this. I, I was saying I love this roster. Um, I love the mix of veterans and young players who are rookies or second year guys who can come in and, and make an impact. I think what Joe Shane has done has been incredible. And I, I joke that, you know, everyone loves Brian Dable and rightly so, but mm -hmm. Joe Shane is not forgotten, but he's kind of in the shadows of Dable a little bit, um, at least in my eyes. And then he goes and gets Isaiah Simmons. Um, he, he trades a seventh rounder or whatever it was for Basham. Like he has the draft he has, like he is such a good GM. Um, I love the way this roster was put together. <clears throat> we are way more talented than we were last year. Mm -hmm. And I a couple of people last year, but um, I think we can do the same this year. I don't, I mean, I know some people are starting to say like the Giants can make a deep run, but I don't know if, if how seriously the rest of the NFL takes them right now. We'll see. But I, I love this roster and I don't care what other teams think or whatever, but I love where this is, where this is headed. Yeah, I feel the same way. And someone else who I feel like doesn't get enough praise is Brandon Brown, more so because yeah. he is, he's more behind the scenes. But I just feel like that him and all of the scouting guys, like I think you guys talked about this a little bit and something that I've been saying, you know, the fact that our five, sixth, and seventh rounders are going to be starters this year Crazy. is incredible. I mean, Crazy. something that we never could have said over the last probably five to 10 years with any of these draft picks. And like to know that we're going to see Hawkins and um, Banks out there week one against the Cowboys, we're probably going to see a bit of Jordan Riley and of course, Eric Gray. It's just, it's wildly impressive. And I am, I like, I can't believe the work that they have done between all of them, the whole front office. Yeah. I mean, they got three first round grades in their first three picks you know banks schmitz and hyatt and gray's going to play a significant role riley's going to play a significant role and hawkins is going to start like that's yeah. you know and i hope hawkins works out because what a great story a sixth rounder from old dominion mm -hmm. and i joke that you know 
we have two guys, I think the only ones that have been drafted from Old Dominion. I don't know if there's one more ever. Uh, O'Shane Zimenez, who was just picked back up on the um, on the practice squad today. Uh, but but if Trey Hawkins can start from Old Dominion, what a scouting job uh, that they yeah. did, right, to find him. So, yeah, this this rookie class right now is is off the charts. It's incredible. Did you see that Hyatt changed his number to 13? Yeah. Um, you know, he was 11 in college. I guess he was trying to get mm. his close. I don't know if it was like he just wanted to be Odell. or I didn't I didn't see the interview if he wanted to get Odell's number. But um, I like it. I, I was fine with 84. Uh, I, Chris, we talked about this last night. Chris is not a numbers guy. I am. Mm-hmm. Numbers freak me out on certain players. Like I love that that Deontay Banks tr- traded 36 for 25. I hate mm-hmm. 36 on a corner. Um, so I think 13 is a, a cool number for him. He just looks faster. Um, but yeah, it's uh, people say big shoes to fill. The way Odell left, the way it ended was bad. So we'll see. I, I think I think Hyatt can be a really nice player for this team. Yeah, I agree. I was thinking about that today because I'm going to Cape Cod this weekend. My in-laws live there. And every time I go there, I joke that I'm on the hunt for Dave Gettleman. And like one of the first questions (laughs) that I probably would ask him is why he traded Odell out of like all of the other decisions that he made. I just, I just think that is so mind boggling, but um, I'm curious to see how that goes, you know, Odell with the Ravens this year, but what is your going into the season? What is your biggest concern? It's still the O-line. Yeah. And it's th- besides the depth, which is hor- horrifying to me. I mean, after seeing Corey Cunningham and then oh. Pear is the upgrade. Um, it's not just that. Scary. It's will Neil step up to be who mm-hmm. we think he is? I think he will, but yeah. I'm concerned about the guard play as well. You have to be. Um, Glowinski's okay. You hope that Azudu takes one of those roles. Lemieux looked good the other night, but it's still the offensive line. It's better than it was. Uh, with Schmitz and Thomas and Neil, but the guard play is uh, a little suspect and the depth is horrific. Absolutely horrific. And it's baffling to me that it's taken so long. Like it feels like we've been working on this line for so many years and it's still not there yet. And someone asked me, and I thought this was a really good question. So I'm curious to see what you would say about this. And I'll use Matt Pert as an example because he's been here for a couple of years and he's seen both uh, offensive line coaches. How much do you think it is based on the coaching versus based on the talent? Because we've seen Andrew Thomas take big step forwards. The assumption is that Evan Neal is going to take a big step forward. With someone like Pert, do you think that it doesn't matter who the offensive line coach is? They just can't make him that much better? Yeah, I, I think it's more talent, obviously. And and if you look at like who has struggled with the Giants over the years when they were cut, where did they go? Like Bobby Hart, okay, he mm-hmm. was cut. He did not excel at other places. He just filled in. Justin yeah. Pugh was okay. Weston Richburg, I think, went to the 49ers. Didn't it was okay. I mean, we just have not been able to solidify that portion of the team over the last 10 years. And it started really even in 2011. It was not a, you know, they were getting older. Um and it just, it's kind of started there and just hasn't stopped since. I mean, we had a bad running game in 11, still won the Super Bowl because of what Eli did, but mm-hmm. it just seems like franchises get stuck on certain positions and they can't make it work. I don't know what it is. Um, and it seems like it's gotten better. I'm not, it's yeah. not doom and gloom, but we struggle fixing this line still. So I think it'll be better, but there's still some holes, I think. Yeah. Do you think that now that um, Darnay took a pay cut, that they'll use some of that money towards someone like Justin Pugh? I just feel like they can't 
not bring in guards and tackles over the next week or two weeks or so. Yeah, especially tackles. And the problem is, like, I'm looking at who was cut. I don't know who they'd bring in. Like, yeah. who's an upgrade? Like, when they got Julian Davenport, you saw what he did the other night. It was just, oh, my God, he's get off the field. Like, he's, this is no answer, right? So I don't know who's out there. I mean, Pugh is the only one that we kind of know. Uh, but yeah. I don't I don't even know if there's an option right now. It just might be we have to roll with, with Parrott until – you know, I, I don't know. And if there's a trade or something, but I think this is what they're, I, at this point, I don't know who else is there. I can totally see them going into the season with this. Yeah. I know it's a little scary. I was thinking Very. about that too. Cause you see all of these cuts and I'm like, how is it possible that there is not one or two mediocre tackles who's better than Matt Pert out there? I just find it so hard to believe. Like you're talking about 30 guys who were cut per team, there's got to be at least a handful of tackles and guards that were let go. Yeah. And then, then you wonder like how deep, uh, how, how are are other teams having the same problem? Are they not deep either? So who are they going to let go? Uh, I saw Tyree Phillips got picked back up today. That's kind of a good thing. I don't know if he's the answer, but um, it's something. So to go in with pair, it's just, it is what it is right now. You just got to hope that, that Thomas and Neil stay relatively healthy and then it doesn't hurt you too much, or that McKethan comes along. He's kind of the X factor. Like, yeah. is Marcus McKethan, can he be someone that we can rely on? Because uh, uh, it's not Matt Pear. I don't think, I don't know, unless something changes, I don't see how he can be a, a reliable swing backup tackle. Yeah, and that's what I wonder about Izudu, too, because we haven't seen a ton of him. Is there the possibility that he's going to continue to grow this year and, you know, replace either Bredesen or Glowinski? Someone has to. Yeah, yeah. And and look, he was, a, what, a third-round pick, so they think highly enough of him. Um, here's another one. So many guys from last year were injured, right, from that rookie yeah. class. You had Beavers, you had Wandale, Izudu. There's more Davidson. Like, so many people were – so many guys were, were done for the year. McKethan, right. Another one. Yeah. So you don't even know really like it, it's, it's almost like it's his first year, but McKethan, it really is his first year because he got injured so early, but mm-hmm. um, yeah, they're, they're hoping that Azudu, obviously they're hoping that Azudu can be something, but um, yeah, I mean, it, it's all a crapshoot right now, unfortunately. Yeah. Were you surprised that they put Aaron Robinson on IR versus just waving him. I was. And I said that to Chris yeah. last night on the, on the podcast. I was surprised. I just thought they'd wave him. And then, you know, that it's like that, that 2021 draft, right. Um, it, it's Ojolari, uh, Gary Brightwell and, um, and uh, Aaron Robinson, the only one's left. And I thought that it was only going to be Ojolari that's left. I, I was surprised. Yeah. Brightwell made it. And again, Me to too. Chris's credit, he was saying now he's going to make it special teams, special teams, special teams. But Aaron Robinson was a little bit of a surprise. I don't know what they think they have there. Um, yeah. Or maybe it's just maybe it's just more corner depth. I don't know. But I was a little surprised at that, to be honest with you. Yeah. Well, and I could have sworn that his injury was during – either preseason yeah. or yep. camp last year. So, mm-hmm. I mean, you look at someone like Wandale, who is magically ready to go and off the pup list, and someone like Aaron Robinson is still not ready to go is mind-boggling yeah. to me. Yeah, Robinson's had injuries since he's gotten here, too. Yeah. Just nagging ones that just can't stay healthy. And when you see him, you're like, all right, well, he's okay. I mean, he's is he, how much better is he than Darnay Holmes? I, I'm, I don't know. I mean, he's just – he's an extra corner that you have on your team that – I don't know, maybe you're hanging on to him because he was a third-round pick and you traded up for him, Gettleman, the last regime. But 
I, I don't, I don't, I don't see it with Robinson to be honest with you. I don't get it. Yeah. I am shocked that he's still here, but I mean, I feel there must, it's like Matt Pert. Like they must see something in him that they feel like is worth keeping him around. Well, I think Matt Pert's is more like, who else do we have? I, I don't know because I, unless Tyree Phillips, you know, it can get healthy and, and supplant him. The other option was like Corey Cunningham. I think Parrot is more like, well, let's see what we have. And, you know, they said he improved, but I, I didn't see it. I, I don't know. I didn't it, see much of that either. Yeah, right. So, but Robinson is more, was a little more puzzling. It was like, oh, wow. Okay. So, but I thought yeah. he would, I thought he would get cut as well. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see yeah. what happens. Maybe they just think like per, he can be a depth piece. Um, yeah, and right now that's what they're thinking. Like he's the number, he's the next man up for for right or left tackle. So um, if he comes in, I imagine there'll be a lot of rollouts to the other side. So Jones will be <laughs> rolling out. The runs to Saquon will be to the other side. So yeah, you know, God bless Daniel Jones if if uh, Perk comes in. But maybe look, maybe he'll turn it on. Maybe something will click. I don't know. You got to trust Dable and Shane somewhat. Mm-hmm. Um, if Dable's saying he improved, then okay, cool. Let's see it. But you just haven't yeah. seen it yet. That's all. Yeah. It's going to be an interesting season. So I'm with you on the fact that I think the Giants are going to end up beating the Cowboys week one. But we have talked a lot about superstitions because I'm superstitious too. So what are your, will you do, like, what's going to be your routine on week one? And are you going to the Cowboys game? And does that affect your superstitions? It will. Um, I'm doing a, a, we're doing a, a, what is it? A, a watch party on our YouTube channel. I'm going to do that. Okay. And if they win, I'm going to do one until they lose. So, I mean, okay. that's how it works. And then what did I wear that day? Um, what did I do that day? What did I eat that morning? What did I eat the night before? My wife puts up with a lot. So it, it, yeah, I, I will be doing everything. If, if they win, if they lose, then all bets are off. Um, yeah. But yeah, so it's going to be, we're going to have, I'm going to have a watch party. Chris might try to chime in as well, but I think it's a good way to engage everybody. It seems like, you know, the followers are all into it. So we'll, we'll give it a shot. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm not going week one. The, the game I'm going to definitely going to is the Jets. And there'll be a few more that I go to as well. But my, okay. um, my one daughter goes to school up in North Jersey. So I usually give her the tickets as well. So. Okay. Yep. And then will you, because it's the new season, will you wear something that you haven't worn before. Like I got a new Daniel Jones color rush Jersey that I'm wearing week one. And I I'm hoping that that is going to be, you know, one of the factors that are going to try and change things. Yeah. You know, I, I, I tend to go shopping right before I'm not a Jersey guy anymore. Like I just think, mm. and I don't judge anyone, but I'm 48 when I, I don't buy Jersey. If I buy jerseys, it's LT Sims, Bavaro banks. It's, it's the older old school folks. Right. Um, I, I'll, I'll go out and get maybe a hoodie, a new hoodie and, and wear that or it's summertime, but it's, it's, you know, again, I'm, I'm downstairs. It's cooler in my man cave. So I can mm. go get a, and I can get away with a hoodie. It's probably something like that. And then if it works, I'll wear it until they lose and then I'll, I'll change up. So, but okay. I get what you're saying. You know, I, I, I'm very superstitious with all that. Sure. Yeah. And even, even during games, like if people, if we lose, if we're losing, I move people around in the room. I'm like, no, change seats, everybody. Oh yeah. I, I at halftime will change into a different Giants shirt, jersey, something, put yeah. on a hat, something. Yeah. And my, my wife feels that way too. Like she'll say, I'm not coming downstairs because they're gonna lose and she doesn't wanna she thinks she's ruining mm-hmm. the, the the juju. Um, but yeah, so I'm totally superstitious with all this. Absolutely. I'm lunatic. 
I feel like if you're, there are a lot of fans that are like that. My husband is a diehard Bruins fan and he's kind of like that too with certain things. So I do the same thing. I'm like, I'm not coming down during the Bruins game. If he's a diehard Bruins fan, being a Rangers fan, you have to start messing with him and screwing things up for him so that, you know, the Rangers overtake. So. I will. That's yeah. a good idea. Cool. Although I, I think him and I are on the same page, you know, from everything that I know about the Bruins is that yeah. uh, this, this is going to be a down year for them with Bergeron yeah. leaving Krejci. Yeah. You know, they 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 lost a lot. And I, you know, it, it was like last year was going to be their year. I thought, and then it, they, the way they went out, it was shocking. But anyway. Oh yeah. I think he cried for like a week. Yeah. I would have too. <laughs> that was bad. Real bad. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I want to talk about the jets for a second. I'm going to go to that game too, but what do you make of the whole Aaron Rodgers? I don't watch Hard Knocks, so I didn't see the whole thing, but I saw the little clip and someone who was at the preseason game actually texted me after it happened and said, I just saw Hottie and Rodgers get into it on the field. Um, and, you know, I was, I don't hate the Jets. To me, they're not in our division. I don't really care that much about them. Like, obviously, I hit the Eagles yeah. and the Cowboys. So the Jets are I'm indifferent about. And I was kind of on board with Rodgers. I was like, you know, I feel like he's kind of turned over a new leaf. He seems like a little bit of a different guy in New York. And then when he said that to Hottie, I was like, all bets are off. I am done with you, Rodgers. I hate you. I hope you guys lose. I never hated the Jets really until they got Rex Ryan as their head coach. And he started calling out the Giants out of nowhere. Mm. Like, we're going to be the best team in town. I don't want to piss off Giant fans, but over the next 10 years, we're going to be the team to beat. And then – Really, and then in your second year, or, or that when that book came out, rather, um, in 2011, we won the Super Bowl. So it was like Rex. I mean, you can't make yeah. that statement, and then the team you're talking about wins the Super Bowl that year, and then they got Todd Bowles, and they're you know, it's almost like they just kind of go away for a while. But when Robert Sala took over, he made a statement. He said, "Well, Jets fans are more passionate than Giant fans." And I look around this room and I laugh like I'm like, oh, yeah, no, you're totally right, Robert. Yeah. Um, You know, uh, what we do on social media with podcasts, I mean, every Giants fan seems to have a podcast now. And and Mm -hmm. you you meet Giant fans everywhere and and, and read about the lunacy that they go through on Sundays and how they got it from their parents or their father, their mother, whatever. You know, that that pissed me off uh, when he said that. Uh, And then it just again, it kind of went away. And now this happens. And it's just like, I, I, as a Ranger fan, and I'm going to relate it to Jets fans, like, I don't understand. I'm, I, 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 I see the flaws in every fan base. And as a Rangers fan, when the Rangers get someone, they're like, Stanley Cup, Patrick Kane, Stanley Cup, you know, Tarasenko. And it's like, guys, let's relax. We haven't won anything since 94. The Jets fans are like the inverse of that. Like, they're the football version. And when they got Aaron Rodgers, look, you have a great defense, Jets fans. Your mm-hmm. offensive line is going to be your Achilles heel. You better make yeah. sure they keep him upright. So when they got Aaron Rodgers, it was like, oh, my God, here we go again. And then you see that with what he said to, to Jihad Ward. And then, you know, Ward was pissed off because of the hit uh, that, that uh, Cobb laid out on, uh, on, I think it was Bobby McCain. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, it's just, again, they're just so – they're such an annoying fan base. Uh, they yeah. really are. Um, you know, Jet fan friends of mine are pretty quiet, but overall, if I had to like lump them all together, mm-hmm. um, it's just a very annoying fan base. And this, they are so amped with this Aaron Rodgers. And I get it, but that's a very tough conference. And you have a tough division. Yep. Play, play some games first, guys, before you start crowning yourself. So that's all. Yeah. Yeah. 
Well, and that's how I feel about Cowboys fans too and why I always give them a hard time yeah. because you can't you can't go into a season every single year regardless of what happened in the offseason right. and say we're go- we're going to win the Super Bowl. Right. It's just it's just asinine. Yeah, and I, <laughs> I, I that's why I always say like I I hate the Eagles the most. Especially because of where I live. I live in Central Jersey. But you know, at least Eagle fans know their team. Like they'll they'll tell right. you the third they'll tell you the third string right tackle. So there's a level of respect there that I'm like, you know what? They know their team. Mm-hmm. Cowboys fans, it's like, well, they have the star on their helmet. You know, probably 20% still say Nate Newton plays for them. I don't know. I mean, I, it's just it's it's a lot of it seems to be a very shallow um, way of rooting for a team. So I just I never I don't take them that seriously. I really don't. Yeah. Um, un, un, unless you told me that you've made the trip to you know Arlington or wherever the hell they play, then I'm like, okay, I get it. But um, most of them, it's like, I just lump it in with, you know, and I'm a Yankee fan, but I lump it in with like Yankees, Dallas, Celtics, Duke basketball. Like, okay, you just, at one point you just were a front runner. So you like the Dallas yeah. Cowboys. So. The Pats too. Yeah, like Pats, and, and again, you live in New England, right? Like mm-hmm. the, the Pats were never a thing until Drew Bledsoe. I'll, I'll even give you, yeah. a lot of people say Tom Brady. It's really Drew Bledsoe. You know, that's when in 93, when they got Parcells and Bledsoe, that's when people started following the Pats because Connecticut used to be um, Giants Red Sox territory. Yeah. Now it's like okay, Red Sox Patriots because they're relevant now. So. Right. Yeah. We always joke that if we have kids, they're going to be that, like they're going to be made fun of in school because they're going to be like a Giants Bruins and, and all right. over the place. You can, you can mix and match. You can mix and match, but you've got to have a level of attention to yes. that team. Like you can't just be a. Oh, I, no one likes the Cowboys as much as me. And then, you know, on Sundays, you're like not watching them. It's like, okay. So, right. Like, seriously. Yeah. Got to be all in or nothing. Right. Yeah. That's, it. That's why I say like, I, I like the Yankees, but I don't, I'm not a diehard because I just, I don't have the, the, the time like for baseball, 162 games. Like my devotion is giants and Rangers. And outside of that, it's like, well, okay. Yeah. It's for the best this year. I was just watching that game yeah. before. I'm like, why am I still watching this? They're, they're yeah. going nowhere. Yeah, it's tough, and and uh, I know Chris is enjoying it, but um, oh, yeah. you know he doesn't rub it in. He's not that kind of fan, but um, I, I don't blame him for enjoying it because you know he's a Red Sox fan. But um, yeah, it's a it's a weird year. New York baseball is terrible. Like football cannot mm-hmm. come quickly enough, and I think that has something to do with it. To be honest with you, I think I think the Jets fans are uh, are psyched because um, you know if they're Mets and Yankees fans, then they're pretty miserable. So right, so they have something else to look forward to. Yep. So one thing that I've been thinking about for this year, and I think that this team, based on what we saw last year, I know there's a lot of talk of the sophomore slump and that kind of thing, but I think that just based on the coaching, the up level in talent, that we're going to see a better team. And I know we have a harder schedule, but to me, that's not an excuse. Like you're overall a better team. You need to win games, whether they're away on Sunday night, Monday night, whatever. So do you think that even though this is a better team, are you worried at all that it's not going to show up in the wins column? I was for a while until I started going down the schedule. And look, as the season gets closer, I get more brazen. But I'm like, no, we can beat this team. We can beat this team. We can beat. And I, I think I ended up being 13 and four at one point. My friends were all laughing at me um, <laughs> because you just don't. But I mean, you know, you just don't know what's going to happen with the other teams. Like, yes, on paper, right. these teams improve, but you know, who the hell knows week three, right? Like 
Brock Purdy, if he's the quarterback, is he going to have the year he had last year? Like right now, you mark that down as a loss because it's a short week. But who the hell knows, man? Like uh-huh. I, I, you, on paper, the 49ers will probably win, but the game's not played on paper. So it. Right. I have to put a lot of trust into what Dable and, and Shane have built here. Um, the fact that we have, you know, the coaching staff returned has to help too. Defensive, yeah. defensive and offense. So I, I think we all get caught up in that game a little too much, but I look at the schedule now and I'm like, yeah, it looks tough, but we can, we can take, you're going to, you're going to win some games that you don't expect. And you're going to lose some maybe that you don't expect to lose. So yeah, the only game that I think is like, Oh my God, if we lose, we're in troubles week two. Like guys yes. got to beat the Arizona Cardinals, but this team, you know, that's the one that just jumps out. Like, okay, can yeah. we mark that as a win please? So. Right. I know I took the over on the spread because it's four and a half points. And I'm just like, if the Giants can't win by a touchdown, then I then I'm concerned about this team. And then I'm really concerned going into the Niners and then coming home to the Seahawks and the Dolphins. Like all the teams that we play in the AFC East are going to be difficult. Obviously, we've still got the Eagles and Cowboys to worry about. And then the Niners and the Seahawks, like it's definitely not an easy schedule, but I think a big part of it is going to be momentum. That even if if we go 2-0 into the 49ers, even if we come out of there with a loss, they get a whole week to recuperate. That I feel like that can make a huge difference going into the Seattle game on a, I think it's Monday night or Sunday night. It is, it's a Monday night. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And, and look, I mean, I say that, right. And we'll beat Dallas and the Niners and we'll lose to the Cardinals and it'd be like, well, we beat the Niners. So who cares? We lost the Cardinals, but yeah, you just can't get caught up in that. Cause so much can change week to week. I mean, it is what it is right now. You like to play that game. Even you play the game when the schedule comes out, like, all right, we're going to win this, lose that, win this, lose that. And then it comes around and you, you look like an idiot because you were so wrong. So I'm concerned with the schedule, but I I'm, I have more faith in the talent that's been brought in here uh, and the coaching staff to, to kind of mold it. So, Yeah, definitely. How do you think this year we're going to match up against the Eagles? Because I feel like, like you with the deep run in the playoffs that mm-hmm. – the reality is we have to beat the Eagles and yeah. until I see it during the regular season, I'm just not going to believe that they can do it in the postseason. Yeah. I think we're going to overtake uh, my prediction has been all along that we're going to overtake the Cowboys. Mm-hmm. Um, I just, I know they have talent, but I mean, I, when I put Brian Dable, when I put the, the, the rosters next to each other, Dallas probably has more talent, but Brian Dable is up here and McCarthy is, you know, really low. I'm not a McCarthy fan. Not a lot of people are. Yeah. So I'm not saying anything too earth shattering. So I think and we'll he's going to be Cowboys. calling plays right, for the right. first time week one. Right. Can't wait right. to see how that goes. Yeah, it's a great – yeah, it's a good point. With the Eagles, I'd love to beat them once. I really hope mm-hmm. week 17 doesn't come down to anything because I don't know if I can physically or emotionally handle it. Um, yeah. Because if we lose to them, and it's just it's just torture. Um, we You know, on Christmas Day – it's weird too. Like, how are they going to come out? How's everyone going to come out Christmas day? Like how amped are they? I mean, they're professionals. I'm just saying like, but I'm trying to think about it now. Like that's going to be a weird game to watch on Christmas day. Um, yeah. I, I just hope we beat them once. I don't care if it's at home or there. I just want to take them one time and just to, just to get over that hump, you know, um, take Dallas, beat Dallas in the division and, and overtake them. It'd be nice to be able to beat Philly at least one time this year. So, Yeah. Well, and I think about what Chris said too at the playoff game at the link where it was like watching two totally different teams than the Vikings game to that. And even seeing the guys on the sideline, just like 
what the hell happened? Yeah, and so, even when Brandon Graham was cool. like talking trash to those guys, they didn't say anything back. It was a very, it was very weird. I didn't expect that. Like they were talking trash to like Lawrence and Daniel Jones, and Jones isn't a talker, but they just didn't fight. It just looked like they fought back. Um, yeah, I don't know. It just the, the Eagles were way more talented, and and they're still the most probably. Unfortunately, it kills me to say it, the most talented team in the league. I know. But we've closed the. I think we've closed the gap enough to be way more competitive than we were last year because that second game. I mean, everybody's backups were in. They weren't playing for anything. So, um, you know, that was kind of a throwaway. The two games you look at are the playoff game and the game at MetLife where they just destroyed us. Uh So I I think think we've closed the gap, though. I just don't know how much. I think so, too. Uh, Let's talk about the commanders quickly to round out the division. Do you – Sam Howell was better than I expected him to be. And I don't know if it's just because it's preseason. It's probably like the people saying that they wanted DeVito to be number two and to get rid of Tyrod. Right, right, right. Yeah, It is preseason. I'm sure he played against some starters. What do you think about the commanders this year? I hate that Daniel Snyder sold him or was forced to because he was such a, he was such a lock to be a horrible they were just, like they were just a, a franchise going nowhere. Whether they finished third or fourth, okay, they would win one. They'd win a division here and there out of luck um, or just falling into it. But uh, in all seriousness, like when they when he sold the team or when they forced them out, it was like, oh man, this is uh, now now they're they're another they're going to be another threat eventually maybe. Um, the, the biggest issue with them was quarterback. Like when they got Carson Wentz, you know, I was psyched because he's a terrible player. He's a terrible quarterback. He's only gotten worse. So Sam Howell's kind of an unknown. Um, he was someone who dropped in the in the draft, and 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 one of those guys you got to watch out for. Like, did he drop? Was it was it warranted, or did scouts overlook something there? So he has looked good so far, um, but I still think they will finish last in the division just because mm-hmm. you know it's a rookie or very inexperienced quarterback, and you know you look at the rest of the division, it's like I, I don't see how they can overtake anyone right now. But um, you know they're they're there's nowhere to go but up for them. So right. we'll see over the next couple of years how they how it turns out for them. They still have a good yeah. front seven, really good front seven, and some yeah. weapons in the receiving game. So, Yeah, I think that's going to be interesting. And I at least by the time that we play them, our rookie corners are going to be well into the mix by then. I just hope yeah. that week one that they can match up well against the Cowboys. That'll be the first test, and yeah. we'll see how they do. Yeah, and it's it's interesting. Like Hawkins and, and Banks are gonna be on the outside, and Dory's gonna be in the slot. Like Chris has been mm-hmm. saying all along, this is not an experiment. They're gonna do this, yeah. um, and it's gonna be a hell of a test because the Cowboys have some weapons. So the the it, it's like whereas Snyder was always the the thing there that would keep the the, the Commanders down. I think of the Cowboys like it's Dak Prescott. I just I'm not. A, I was never a Dak Prescott fan. Never believer in him, and mm-hmm. eventually he'll just you know, implode and might with the combination of him and McCarthy. I, I just, I don't take them seriously as a, as a serious threat in the NFC. Yeah, I agree. I think we're going to, I mean, I hope that our defense is going to take advantage of the fact that Dak is the king of interceptions. So yeah. that's, I yeah. want to see that from our defense this year. I think they're going to be able to get to him and sack him, but outside of that, you know, they need to force some turnovers and I hope that we can, score some points out of those. Yeah, that's one thing we got to do is improve them turnovers. I, I mm-hmm. you know, we got to be, you know, plus 10 to 15 hopefully. I think I forget where we were last year. I don't know if it was I don't want to get it, it wrong. Was, like plus 3 or something. Like, yeah. It was, so it was not low. Bad at all. If it was positive, it wasn't much over zero. Uh but this year we we got to we got to improve on turnovers. You got to get more turnovers. I think we were one of the last teams in the league last year, so hopefully uh, Ball Hawkins and, and Banks can help with that. 
Mm-hmm. And um, I love our secondary. I really do. It's one aspect of this team I absolutely love. I even like the depth now. It's weird. Like I went, we yeah. went from who the hell is going to play to oh, we're pretty deep and we're deep at safety, especially in the back end. So yeah, I'm excited, and I think Wink has got to be super hyped. And I we could tell, I'm sure, based on what Chris said too, that. Shane went to Wink first and said, what do you think about Simmons? So I think the fact that they brought him in, we saw how excited Wink was after the draft when they got Banks. I mean, he's just got to be like salivating at the things that he's going to be able to do this year versus what he could do last year. So and how, how I think good is, be how, a top 10. Yeah, how good does that have to feel if you're a coach and your GM is yeah. bringing these guys in, right? Like Kafka, you're giving him a center, a bona fide starter, hopefully for the next 10 years. Mm-hmm. And you brought in and you're bringing in Jalen Hyatt. Paris Campbell, Darren Waller, like you're bringing in weapons, right? Yeah. And then on defense, you're bringing in Isaiah Simmons and you're drafting Jordan Riley and Banks and Hawkins. It's like, man, they're loaded. And and I'm Okereke, like I don't want to forget any of these guys, right? Nacho, yeah. uh, a Sean Robinson, like, holy cow. Like how good does it feel if you're a coordinator on this team that your GM gets it and brings in all these players for your team to get better? So, yeah, I think that was – a good incentive for both of them to stay. And I, I hope that we can keep them just one more year. Like we need them maybe one more yeah. year so we can get that much closer to a Super Bowl, and then they can go I, do I just, whatever they want. I feel like if we keep Kafka, it's going to be because we didn't have a good year. Yeah. And, and I don't see that happening. I see our offense being really good. I just think Kafka's a goner just because of the nature of, of who teams hire. They want the young offensive guru. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't see how he lasts after this year. Um and Wink, it's tough because, you know, he's, he's I don't want to say there's ageism, but, you know, defensive, older defensive coordinator, it's like, how coveted is he going to be? He may get some interviews, right? but I don't know how serious teams will be. Maybe someone will. I mean, I you wish nothing but the best for these guys in their lives. Like, if that's good for them, you know, Giant fans will understand. Um, but, yeah, I, I just, I don't see how Kafka comes back next year unless the Giants offense regresses. Yeah. So. Maybe they'll just just offer him millions of money. Hey, who knows? Maybe the Giants will just maybe they open up the vault and say, "Hey, Mike, come on, stay here. Yeah, you know you want to stay." So, and you know we're gonna have what is it like sixty million in cap space next year? A lot. Yeah, yeah. I hope that you know that could be a good incentive for him. Of who knows who they could bring in next year to make it better. So, I mean, think about that, right? Like this is all what they've done after what Gettleman has done to this franchise and Gettleman yeah. made some good draft picks. Like let's not kill everything, but the free agency and the ha- handling of the cap is, was a disaster. Yeah. Uh, a lot of it was a disaster. Uh, most free agents did not work. Cap was a mess. And look at what Shane has done. Playoffs first year, somehow improved team cap space. Great draft. Now you have cap space next year. It's like, Holy cow. So unbelievable. Yeah. It's amazing. I I keep joking that uh, I want to see a statue of him outside of 1925 Giants Drive. I mean, my God, um, you can put you'd have to put them together. You know, the article I wrote this this week in the Insider was I've never seen in all my years of watching the Giants um, a, a GM and coach working so well together. I mean, there were times where GMs did and recent Coughlin worked well together, but overall, you know. I've never seen two guys more in sync than this. I mean, Young and Parcells argued like crazy. A lot of the draft picks Parcells didn't want, or they would not see eye to eye. Parcells tried to leave a few times. Um, you know, then you had a, a mess of like with Fossil and the Corsi and, you know, but these two guys working together, man, it's awesome. It's unbelievable. 
Yeah. It's so nice. You can tell too, like it, every day that I was at training camp, Shane was out on the field. Dable came over. They were yeah. always communicating. Yeah. And I noticed that they both always talk about that in their press conferences, that the communication between the two of them and inside everyone in the building, everyone is in the same realm and they all are on the same page, which I think is amazing. And I like, we continue to hear things that happen during Gettleman and Joe judge. And I just think it's amazing. The 180 that they did. Yeah. And, and when you saw the the video of, you know, the giants taking John Michael Schmitz and, and, and the look of disappointment that Shane had, like, ah, oh, man, the bears just traded up. They're going to take, they're going to take Schmitz. And Dable looked at him like, we'll take Hyatt then. That was our next guy. And Shane was like, that's right. Like great attitude. Yeah. Then we get Schmitz, and then he lets Dable make the call to McVay to trade up to get Hyatt. Like, that, that is awesome. awesome. Yeah, mm -hmm. like, how can you not be psyched after seeing that? Like, it's not an act. Like, these two guys generally like each other and are working together like that. It's unbelievable. So Yeah. It's exciting to watch. I think it's the, the first time in a long time that a lot of Giants fans not only have faith in the organization, but are excited that we have something to look forward to from now on, which is why the ticket prices are the way that they are. Yeah. And so for so long, it was like, what do we, what it just wasn't, we, we covered them, right? Chris was there all the time, but you're just like, we have no chance this year. You know, and it, it felt yeah. like that for five years, like we have no shot at competing. And last year, even it was like, I don't know what, I don't know. All I knew about this, about Dable was, I, he's going to be an offensive guy. Uh, Shane is going to get the cap under control. We don't have any talent. Let's see where we go. I don't know if Daniel Jones is the guy. I don't know yeah. if Dable likes him or not. And then lo and behold, make the playoffs. So it's just so much more hope now, even under, under Shermer judge, it was like, you know, judges first year were a little fooled because yeah. the whole division stunk. Uh, and that second year was a, a it was a disaster. So it's just been so long of McAdoo and oh my God, just thank God that's all done with. Yeah. We're, we're on the right track now. Yeah, way. absolutely. Yeah, yeah, we are. And it's feels great to look forward to fall. Like when summer ended before over the last five to six years, I was on suicide watch when the fall came <laughs> around. Now I'm like, Oh, you know what? We got a shot here. Let's do something. So yeah. Yeah. Nice to look forward to football season. Yeah. We're, um, just, we're looking forward to not just apple picking and leaves changing. Now we're looking forward to right. football too. So. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Fun stuff to enjoy. Yeah. Um, you mentioned an article that you're writing. So for people who don't know, tell them about the newspaper, how they can subscribe. I will show you my, um, I have the calendar from you. Oh, look at right you. Nice. So. Uh, plug in the calendar. Awesome. Yeah. yeah can, I love yeah, that can, thing. It's great. Yeah. Nice. Thank you. Um, you can go to www.giantinsider.com or go to Magster and order a digital subscription as well. Uh, but we're, we're concentrating a lot now on the podcast and the YouTube channel as well. We're on YouTube. For those of you watching or listening or whatever, um, subscribe to our YouTube channel if you get a chance, please. So Yeah, they're on Twitter too, at the Giant Insider. Giant, so Insider, yeah. Giant yeah. Insider across the board. So uh, everyone can make sure you subscribe, get the newspaper. And then when is the next article coming out? Or the it's, we, we, just, we just printed, so you'll get it. Okay. If you subscribe, you'll get it this week sometime. It's awesome. on, it's on, it's available digitally now, but you'd get the, the mail this week. Okay. Yeah. I do the mail version. So I'll be looking yeah. forward to it. Nice. Old school. There you go. Yeah. I could take it with me to the beach. It's great. Nice. There you go. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining me. Yeah. Thanks for having me. It's awesome. Adriana. Yeah. Anytime. <laughs> <laughs>